Hey everybody, it's Next Planet Over. This episode is going to be different, and we're going to be kind of changing the format a little bit. Um, normally we pick one or two TV shows and discuss them. Uh, this one is kind of a hodgepodge episode where we gathered, and this is kind of the thing I want to do with uh, my co-host Ron. Hey everybody, say hello to Ron. <laughs> Hello to Ron. <laughs> and I'll say hello to Michael, because uh, we're going to be weird. Um, if we heard people responding to us, that means we're either doing a live episode or the voices are back, Ron. They're back, and they're telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to pick... Uh, uh, sometimes we'll do special episodes, and we have a lot to talk about a certain show, and then sometimes we'll pick um, just like uh, certain shows that last like one season, or not even that, like 13 episodes, somewhat forgotten TV shows from a year. So, uh, with this one, I figured we'd pick uh, four from 1977. Um, I think that's kind I of... I remember them like it was just yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you were six months old, and I was... <laughs> I, I'm just barely as I go... No, I, I was born in 77. January 1st, 77. Um, so, I didn't get to see any of these TV shows in their initial run. Um, I'm guessing, at best, you may have saw Mork and Mindy at the end. Yeah. At uh, best. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I saw mine in reruns. All of these I have just discovered over the last couple of years, except Mork and Mindy. Um, but just, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through 77 through 78, you know, and pick four or five TV shows that are a little less remembered. I think Mork and Mindy is probably the most popular here. Oddly, I thought it lasted more than, what was it, four or five seasons? I thought it went on for mm -hmm. much longer. No, I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's just... Okay. He was doing so many movies by then, it's just, it made sense for him to go out. The, the thing with a lot of sci-fi shows and a lot of comedies with, you know, gimmicks, is that they burn out the gimmick really fast. Unfortunately. Yeah, so sometimes... I really love this show. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, you know, Batman, The Monkeys, Adam's Family Monsters, stuff that had a unique spin on something. They're very, very well-remembered and much-loved, but when it's a high concept, you can yeah. run yourself into a corner... And then people are just exhausted by it, and they just want to move on. I rather it's better to yeah, yeah let it, better to let it end on a high note. Right, I'd rather you burn out. No, what was it burn out than fade away? You know, shows yeah. that are on. I can't believe some shows were on for like twenty years. You know, I was like, why? How many more cases does Law and Order need to have? Really? Okay, I guess crime doesn't end, and they're all based on true stories. Okay, I get that. <laughs> but sometimes two or three seasons is short and sweet. I don't get tired of it. Right. I think Law and Order shows like that tend to have like in a niche. People enjoy that sort of. They're the same kind of people that will keep creating different, you know, uh, mystery novels and things like that and right. that sort of thing all yeah. the time. So yeah. Anyway. So uh, the first show we're going to discuss is we're going to go to Saturday morning. We're going to discuss Space Academy and Jason of Star Command. Both shows were connected, and um, I think for you and I. We didn't get to experience much of the surge of the 70s, where it was live-action shows like um, uh, Land of the Lost was a big one in the 70s, and they remade it in the 80s. Uh, God-awful movie. God-awful movie. Um, Land of the Lost. Yeah. What's, what's the... I can't think of it all of a sudden. They always made, like, the trippy shows. You know, um, oh, good God. There were two guys that were hippies, and they created these shows. Why can't I remember this? My brain's gone. Um. Oh, for Pete's sake! Uh, but they always this said is like where we fill the silence with. Uh... Well, no, it was more like uh, <laughs> puppets, and I cannot believe I can't remember. Forget it. But move, move it on. Move it on. Ah! Move it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so Jason Star Command is kind of a higher end live action TV show from Filmation, a company known for basically cheap jack animation. So it's kind of funny they put so much money into Space Academy. 
and Jason of Star Command. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the funny thing is, uh, Jason of Star Command, honestly, I think I only heard of that through you. Yeah. This is, I'm coming in fresh to all these except Mork and Mindy. Uh-huh. Well, that's kind of <laughs> so, the thing is we're not hardcore on these shows. Uh, a lot of it is yeah. um, just discovering um, yes. for ourselves. We're like archaeologists of sci-fi. I mean, some shows that's we know right. very, very well, but some we're just like, I've heard of it, but I don't know what, what that is. Uh, Sid Marty nice Croft. Like Sid and Marty without... Croft. Why did I think that? Uh, forget wow. That's ridiculous. Sid and Marty Croft, they were um, just like, I feel like they were the uh, Grateful Dead of Saturday morning cartoons. Like, hey, man, let's get high and watch it. This is for kids? <laughs> yeah, man, it's great. <laughs> uh, they did HR Puff and stuff, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, the Bugaloos, oh Lidsville, stuff like that. Um, I can hear my dog going crazy with this rope of her. She's wiggling around. Can you hear the chain? <laughs> Well, now you're good. Okay. <laughs> um, the Space Academy is um, definitely higher end special effects. This wasn't made before Star Wars, but you could almost see like the next wave, the new level of special effects is because of Star Wars. And I think that's why I thought it was appropriate to start in 1977 with this new uh, angle on the right. show. That works for me. I like I said, me not knowing what some of these are, it, it's kind of nice to come into it as fresh set of eyes and not with the star-crossed eyes you have when you grew up with this stuff. Right, nostalgia can Kinda make like you, it's like, it's like alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Too much nostalgia right. to start things, things look better than they really are. It's pretty kids, you know, anyway, <clears throat> moving on. But yeah, Space Academy, I'm, what I'm loving most about these are the, the, uh, the models and how they do the space scenes and <laughs> like these are things we could do in our, you know, our basement and it, it's great. I, Not exactly the greatest, but... <laughs> no, but at that time it was uh, groundbreaking was. for television because Battlestar Galactica is still a year and a half away. And yeah. what they did on such a tiny, tiny budget is quite amazing. Yes, yes. I always want to make... You may have a model or something like that, but you also have you know, a spaceship has to move through space, right? So you've got a rocket trail or something like that going on in there. CG, not CG, what do you want to call it's it? More it's animation and sl- more animation and stop motion. Animation, yeah. This is before really optical effects took over, yes. where it's like trying to interlace um, high-end anima- animation and CGI interlacing all of it. So, you know, it's before really green screens and stuff like that. So right. it, everything feels more tangible. And I think that's why these shows work. Plus, they're not... I don't feel like these shows are dumbed down. You know, most of the stuff I go back to from from like the 70s and 80s, I'm like, oh, this is clearly meant for eight-year-olds, whereas Space Academy and Jason Star Command feel more like for teenagers. Yeah. Space Academy, when I thought, when I looked it up at first, and I, the only thing that wanted to come up was the camp. <laughs> oh, Space Camp, yeah, the movie. Yeah, um, I only watched a couple episodes of this, and sadly, I always watch stuff way before we actually do an episode about it, so kind of stupid. But if I remember correctly, this is um, the bunch of kids. They're in training, and, and somehow they get they get separated, or they're not the adults. The people who are actually, um, you know, elite space team members are not available. So these kids go on the adventure themselves, and they have to solve the problem, which I thought was cool. Right, right. Um, I want to say before. Yeah. I mean, it's not all kids though, because um, they do have a teacher, and it's Jonathan Harris from Lost in Space playing a good guy for once, and he is basically the one guiding them through. Well, it is really like Space Camp. 
<laughs> I just remember that movie because <laughs> I remember it was all kids and they get into a situation they have to solve a problem and they only have Kate Capshaw to help them out who's like the only uh, well she's not old and retired like Jonathan Harris that's usually the way it is didn't they do this in Star Trek where one of the teachers was an ex um, captain of a ship and he was more retired and that's why he was on the mission I, can't, I feel like that was in a couple episodes I'm trying to remember probably with Wesley I can't I feel, it feels very familiar um, yeah I also want to mention, most of the time, most of these actors basically stopped acting after, you know, their teen high school years were over with, and they just went on to something else. Uh, you mentioned uh, when we were watching the clip, uh, Pamela Ferdin, um, now she stopped acting once she hit her 20s, but she um, was a Disney kid, and she was known for doing the voice of Lucy for the Charlie Brown cartoons. She apparently was also in Charlotte's Web, if I'm seeing this right. Is that Charlotte's Web? Or is that a different movie? No, I'm sure anyway. it's the 70s animated uh, cartoon. Yeah, Charles Webb. She was Fern Arable. Arable. Yep. I've never seen that. I've never. Seen, I've read the book, but I've never seen the cartoon. Oh, it's eventually going to come up on uh, Back in Tunes or other podcast. Um, it's definitely. It's a classic. I also want to bring up Brian Tochi. Now, did he seem familiar to you at all? Brian Tochi. i got to look at him first real quick. Brian, yes. He was the one that had that. He is familiar, but I can't place him. He played Takashi in Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. Now, why didn't he show up in Revenge of the Nerds 2? It's because he was joining the Police Academy franchise. He's in parts 3 and 4. <laughs> I don't know which one's better. 3 or 4? Yeah, okay, <laughs> 3. We're well, I mean, about Revenge of the Nerds or oh, Police Academy. Mm, so. I, got, I got issues with uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. It's like 90% a great movie, and they have a couple scenes of... Oh, oh, that one, that's not acceptable at all. That's that's terrible behavior. <laughs> well, none of it's good behavior. <laughs> no, I think there's like a lot of heart in uh, Revenge of the Nerds, but there's two things they do in there that's like, oh, don't, no, don't put cameras on, don't watch it all night. That's just, oh, no. <laughs> Time for a sandwich. All right, uh, so the spinoff, Jason of Star Command, is clearly more influenced by Star Wars than uh, Space Academy was. And you know, it's more. Uh, it also a throwback to the old serials of the, um, you know, like the 30s and 40s, like Flash Gordon and stuff like that. And it's got a, th uh, you know, a, a taste of like uh, the Han Solo character in there. I, I enjoy this one more. This one's seriously geared for older adults, older kids. I mean, the series I watched, I'd have to watch a little more. And seeing James Doohan in something, anything other than Star Trek is Doohan. I said it wrong. Sorry, guy. Scotty. Um, <laughs> You but pronounce he, my name wrong. It's Duhan. It's Duhan. I don't, he doesn't have that thick of an accent in this. And it, yeah. It's weird. I was watching... I was watching a little bit. I was watching Highlander. I was watching all of them together. And I just still flabbergasted that a Frenchman plays a Scottish person, a Highlander, and then the Scottish person plays a Spaniard. And I'm like, no, you just said Ramirez with a Scottish brogue. It doesn't work. What are you thinking? <laughs> You can get away with it wherever you want. Right. <laughs> Clearly, because each entry would erase the existence of the previous entry. Right. <laughs> we saw so many. That movie, this, that movie was so, those movies, rather, were so, what's, what's what I'm looking Convoluted. for? Convoluted. Yeah, it's like you can't follow a particular storyline. Yeah. Because I, that's why I can't wait for up. us to cover the series down the road, because I yeah. remember the TV show being much more coherent. Yes. And honestly, I love my, I love Con, that was Connor. 
Connor McLeod of Connor McLeod. Who? Crap. Christopher Lambert. We're, we're getting. Christopher. I'm sorry. Christopher Lambert. Lambert. What was his character? What? Connor McLeod. Or the Clan McLeod. Okay. This man. This is how far removed I am. Oh from. no, your brain. So what did the TV show? What was his name? That was Duncan. Duncan. That's right. I had him backwards. Okay. But yeah. Anyway. How do we get here? Up. Oh, okay. Jason of Star Command. <laughs> Shit. Back up. Back <laughs> we up. do this Everyone. all the time. Uh, Jason of Star Command. We should call this the tangent show. Um, yeah. We, we joke about that all the time. We always do this. Uh, Craig Lidler is a guy who did a bunch of the action shows we watched growing up. Airwolf and, and, and you know Simon and Simon, that kind of stuff. Riptide. Um, but I'm more interested in his supporting cast. Like you said, James Doohan, of course, legendary. Tamara Dobson, who was in Cleopatra Jones. <laughs> um, and then we have Sid Haig, who just passed away, who is legendary for tons of Roger Corman movies and is in a series of Rob Zombie movies that each one is more dark and disturbing and makes me feel terrible and I can't watch any more episodes. I can't watch any more of his movies. I just can't do it. He just looks like the kind of guy that would be <laughs> fitting oh. for all that. Yeah. Has um, built too? Anyway. Yeah, he's just one of those guys, one of those workhorse guys that was, you know, revived in the 2000s. Everybody started getting, like, 70s crazy, and they remembered that he was awesome. Um, right. Yeah, he just passed away, sadly. Now, there's another actor in here. I know him from a bazillion things. I couldn't tell you what it is, though. Charlie Dell is kind of Charlie the weirdo Dell. alien psych. <laughs> What's that? I was, gonna say, I was just going to say, that was the guy you are talking about. Yeah, he, he was just, like, one of those guys that was one of the glue kind of characters he was in every tv show you ever watch would pop up in movies from here uh from time to time it says he was in fight club i don't remember him fight club but he plays a lot of the characters where there's no actual name man in restroom man at the front door man in falafel barn literally that's one of his descriptors man in falafel barn but if you on the street see him up. <laughs> hey you're the man in the falafel barn <laughs> what well, i know you from street is like, hey man <laughs> Isn't that your name? <laughs> you're you're that guy. <laughs> oh my! Well, I don't. I don't. But for somebody who you know is, I don't know, supposed to be the guy off to the side. He's very well known, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody recognizes his... recognizes his face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Susan Pratt's a soap opera actress for the most part. She basically retired. Um, that's about it. Uh, this one I think is much more adventure based. I, well, I can't say that either, because Star Academy was always a good adventure, too. I watched more episodes than you were able to watch. Um, but I'm going to say I, pref I prefer Jason Star Command because I can burn through the entire season in a couple hours. Because here's the difference. Uh, Space Academy was its own show. Jason of Star Command was only a 15-minute segment um, as part of a block of cartoons from Filmation. So it, right. uh, it really had to be tight. You couldn't waste a minute. Yeah, I did feel like it went through pretty quick. Like... Was there no segue? All of a sudden, you're anyway. Yeah. And this is the cool that, thing that is they they had a wiki before wiki was a thing. I don't, what do you? I, I must miss this joke. Was there a character? Wiki's in the, the little robot. Oh, okay. The little yeah. tiny robot that. Yeah. That's that's the yeah, curse that's, of the post uh, R2 and C3PO is that everything had to have a cutesy robot. It's not as yeah. an irritating in live action as it is in cartoons. Cartoons yeah. would annoy the crap out of me. Mask is a great cartoon, but it has a stupid little robot on it. And now he's got that stupid annoying voice. Yes. And, you know, it's it's the Orco rule, basically. Every yep. every TV show had to have a, oh, I don't know what to do, He-Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did like Twiggy. 
Twiggy was awesome. Well, because he was not as annoying. He was like he was like the the Billy Dee Williams of robot. He was like, oh yeah, what up? My name is Twiggy. You oh. got all the chicks. Oh wait, no, no, no. Freaking robot. No. Remember Twiggy had the? We talked about this because we did Buck Rogers uh, like six months ago. What what's the what's the thing that he always wore around his neck? That there was like a robotic scientist that would also talk with him. I have no idea. <laughs> I forgot that, but no, he wore a little like it looked like a Simon game around his neck. It was like a big old uh, flavor flav kind of thing around his neck. <laughs> that would also talk Buck. I would like to tell you about the problems that you're going to be seeing in our future. And then uh, bitty bitty Buck, shut this guy up. <laughs> Is it Twiggy or Twiggy? Twiggy? No, it's Twiggy. Twiggy. Wait. Yeah. Wait, no, Twiggy's the like... model. Twiggy's the model. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I Crap, I, I mean, Twiggy. it is Twiggy. <laughs> Isn't it embarrassing that we just did a show? We're both in our 40s now. Our brains are clearly rotted by too much garbage television and sugar. And uh, I think we're deteriorating pretty fast as you're listening to this episode. By the time this is over, I won't even know where I am. It's kind of sad. Twiggy. He's Twiggy. Oh, Twinkie. that's a great name. Not Twinkie? Twinkie. Twinkie. <laughs> no, it's Twiggy. Twiggy. Oh, Twiggy. He's always Twiggy. All right. Well, anyway. oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, give me some more of that path. Well, I mean, space math. <laughs> it's out of this world. Okay, I'm embarrassed by that one, too, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. Um, so our, our fourth, or fourth, third show uh, is Quark, a show that I've heard about for decades and it was so hard to find finally got released on dvd i watched it and i was like um <laughs> that was one of those what did well, I what was all see? the hype about it's okay but i don't feel like it's the greatest thing on earth and people would just go crazy oh six episodes it's the best thing ever they shouldn't have canceled it i'm like oh, oh it was eight episodes sorry eight episodes i was thinking of uh police squad are the twins i gotta ask you are the twins the the double mitt twins uh, they wow. look familiar. God, I haven't heard else. the word "doublement twins" said in a long time. Let me look. Search. Okay, every time I go to look at this, it gives me a guy named Dale Barnstable. It was a basketball right. player. I can't like, who the heck is this? <laughs> Not right. Um, uh, I don't know. Let me look up Barnstable twins. Barnstable. What a terrible last name. Uh, I'm guessing that's what their jobs were. <laughs> What'd your dad do for a living? Well, after people would build a barn, we had to make sure it was stable. (laughs) (laughs) Are are, are you Amish? (laughs) They did a lot of TV, it looks like, in there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm not seeing anything about commercials. All right, moving on. Moving on up. Well, that's a different show. Hold on. (laughs) Uh, So, Cork. Now, I love Richard Benjamin. He is one of those character actors, but for a moment, he was um, a lead. Because of, all right, Zoe, what do you want? You want a hug? I'll hug you while we're recording. Uh, Richard Benjamin um, was always one of those guys that bounced around the scenes, but he got to be the co-lead in uh, Love at First Bite, the vampire comedy with Susan St. James and George Hamilton. And after that, they were like, this is the go-to guy where you can do sci-fi and horror and make it funny. And um, he basically stopped acting when his directing career took off. Uh, you've seen one of his movies. Actually, you've seen probably more of it. Um, but his big hits were uh, uh, My Favorite Year, City Heat. Um, I'm pretty sure he did The Money Pit. Uh, uh, what's the one? Uh, my Stepmother's an Alien. 
know, stuff like that. I'm trying to remember other movies. Like he used to have a, he had a ton of hits right in a row, and that's where he kind of focused. But he did uh, Saturday the he did Westworld. Saturday the 14th. Yes, Westworld was one of his first early big hits. He was in Catch 22. Um, it seems to me like I remember him from Western looking things, but and not much of anything else. But oh, here it is. Uh, he did My Favorite Year, Racing with the Moon, City Heat. Wow, he did two movies in 1984, two movies in 1988. He did Little Nikita, My Stepmother's an Alien, Downtown, Mermaids. That was a big hit. Made in America, it's Milk Money. Fame. Yeah, and then he did a bunch of TV movies. A lot of Neil Simon stuff, which makes sense because he was a Neil Simon actor because he did uh, The Sunshine Boys, if you remember that one. That I do not. Yeah, it's um, Walter Matthau and George Burns, I believe, playing really old men. Wow, George, Walter Matthau was born old. Let's just let's kid ourselves. I'm going to have to look that up. Let's see, Sunshine Boys. Yeah, uh, Neil Simon is one of my favorites. It's a, it's a fun movie. They remade it with um, Woody Allen and... Crap, I can't remember. Um, but, uh, you can't beat George Burns and Walter yeah. Matthau, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, Tim Thomerson's in this. Oddly enough, though, Tim Thomerson's a weird... Um, actor because he uh, he's the one that was a split personality so female and male um, we know him from Trancers and Doll Man and all these like action sci-fi movies of the 80s and 90s but before that he was a stand-up comedian he was in a lot of comedic stuff um, and then somewhere along the way it just switched where he only did serious movies um, yeah. I think his first serious role was in Uncommon Valor with Gene Hackman which is Phenomenal. If nobody's ever seen them, we go find it. It's great. Um, it's but, one of the things that throws me off a little. It's like, uh, when I look at a Richard Benjamin, I'm looking at a picture of him with a mustache. That does, brings he, to light that whole that whole Star Trek episode where they had the evil twin in yeah, the yeah. alternate universe. <laughs> like, you just had a goatee and other. <laughs> like, I'm looking at him, and this, he doesn't look like the guy that I just watched in Quark. <laughs> right, right. Mustache on him looks it doesn't seem right at all. Um, he seems like an old boy. Does that make sense? Like, he just looks like his facial features still seem like he's a teenager, but it's just added gray. Like, if you were to take a high school student and make him older for a play, that's what he would look like. <laughs> that, that to me, uh, oh, crap, I can never remember. The 11th Doctor in Doctor Who, or not the 11th, the 12th, um, the older guy. Peter Capelli? Peter, yeah, right? kind of he looks like a big, <laughs> that kind of guy. Yeah. But anyway. This, uh, so this is supposed to be a spoof of all the sci-fi shows we went through. It's sci-fi movies of the 50s, too. And um, it's from Buck Henry, who was the co-creator of Get Smart. And uh, I think he wrote co-wrote uh, Catch-22. He was really good friends with Richard Benjamin. And for me, it just doesn't work. I, I just feel like, for some reason, the parody... <sighs> it's not my kind of parody. You know, I'm more of an airplane kind of guy. I want joke, 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 joke. I don't just want an right. attitude and style. Though it works for the Orville. I don't know if you've seen that, but the Orville, the, the parody works not great because... What's that? I've not had the chance yet. It's, it looks it's, good. The first episode is almost full-on parody, and then um, as the show continues, it starts tapping into what made Star, War, uh, Star Trek work so well. Um, you know, by taking social commentary and having really high adventures. Some of the action sequences in uh, the Orville are phenomenal. The special effects are out of this world. That joke was not intended, but I was just really surprised. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 really worth your time. I love the Orville. Now, is that on a? It's uh, exclusive on Hulu right now. See, that's the that's why I haven't. Seen it. <laughs> okay. Dang it. Anyway, well, it's not on. 
or that's neither here nor there. Let's continue before I go on another tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Me, name Skeletor. I refuse to let you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I just think for some reason it's it, it's one of those almost shows. But I'm going to tell you right now, I will take Jason of Star Command and Space Academy over Quark. Uh, yeah, I would, on it, I'd have to agree with you because Quark was a little... I'm with you there because if it's going to be a comedy type show, it's got to be all out and done well. Otherwise, it's just... It seems lackluster. It's like thrown together. That's what I'm looking Right. And yeah. I think there's a reason why it only lasted eight episodes. It's just it didn't get it just right. Um, right. And it's funny. is Conrad wasn't there either. Conrad Janis is in Cork. And when this got canceled, he immediately got picked up for Mork and Mindy. And, uh, boy, he must thank his lucky stars that Cork didn't last because 100 episodes of Mork and Mindy... That's some serious syndication money right there, buddy. Now who? Conrad Janis is uh, Mindy's dad in Mork and Mindy. He's the taller, oh, bald guy. Gotcha. gotcha. Basically looks like me in 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, when did... Okay, well, we'll get to that when we when we segue over to there. <laughs> we're already there, buddy. Mork and Mindy, we're, we're there. there. We're there. That's our... That's our when yeah. is so, yeah. now then? And when will be then? <laughs> was five minutes ago. <laughs> are we now. they're from watching the movie now. when will now be now soon oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, space balls yes oh where what, are you going with that it took me a minute <laughs> they're um okay I was like they said there's spinoffs of Mork and Mindy and I was like no there's not and I forgot there was a really crappy cartoon that um all of those cart mm -hmm. uh, all those TV shows from uh you know Happy Days is one of the most successful spinoff shows ever. I, I'm not sure if there's more. I think All in the Family had a few spinoffs, and Golden Girls had a few spinoffs. But Happy Days is so crazy in its development. I'm never going to get a chance to probably talk about Happy Days again, so I'm going to do it right now. It started off as a episode of... No, no, it was a pilot episode They didn't get picked up. And they they packaged it Wasn't in... Wasn't the other way around? No, it got packaged... Wasn't Mark and Mindy? Yeah, no, Happy Days came first, and Mark yeah. and Mindy was the spinoff. Yeah, so no, 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 hold on. Uh, Happy Days was a pilot that didn't get picked up, and it got shoved into Love American style. But it was so well-received that ABC said, well, let's do this again. And between the pilot being shot and the series being launched is when Love or uh, uh, American Graffiti came out. And, you know, all of a sudden that kind of thing was huge. And, of course, you know, you're of Ron Howard. And so they said, okay, let's go forward with Happy Days. Happy Days blew up. And what is it, season three or four is when they do the spinoff of Laverne and Shirley, and then the next season is when they do the spinoff of Mork and Mindy. And on top of that, they had uh, Joni Loves Chachi, which lasted a season or two. They had Bronski's Beauties, which lasted a season. I feel like there's another spinoff in there somewhere, but there's all the cartoon spinoffs. There was Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley, and the Fonz Hour. That's a big mouthful. <laughs> Those were all... Those were all cartoons, weren't they? Yeah, they all lasted like yeah, one those... season, and I have I can't find them anywhere. I mean, it, it's just like they're so ashamed of it. They they destroyed even people bootlegging it on YouTube. We don't do that, no. <laughs> hey, I say if it's not available for the market, like if it's on DVD and you just go get it, fine. But if you're if you're not making it available, someone has to archive and save it because some of these things are gonna be lost forever. Yeah, I'm with you there. Whoa, what is this? Out of the Blue is another spinoff from Happy Days. It only lasted eight episodes. Weird. 
Huh, it's a fantasy sitcom. Isn't it so weird that Mork and Mindy comes out of Happy Days, which was completely grounded in reality, and then you just got this insane comedy with outer space aliens? That's so odd to me. It's like, well, it's... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at each show, too, they're wildly different. Laverne and Shirley was more of a classic Lucille Ball kind of screwball comedy. Yes. And you had the musical romance of uh, uh, Joni Loves Chachi, but Mork and Mindy is so bananas. And it, I think it gave them free reign to do whatever they wanted to, and it must have been fun. And then getting Robin Williams is 90% of why it took off, I think. No, no knock on Pam Daubert at all. She's great. She has to be the straight man to Robin Williams. But I don't think people would have talked about it as much if it wasn't for Robin. Right. Squeaky. That's a sorry. I was going off on a tangent. Let it squeak. There's a squeaky in there too, but yeah. squeaky. <laughs> what, if, what if Buck Rogers just had squeaky instead instead of squeaky? Just this greasy <laughs> little guy that comes in. Yo, Buck, let's go get some girls. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? Hey. <laughs> hey. What's this do that? Oh, I just lost. I launched a laser bomb that destroyed a planet. Whatever. Sorry. Squeaky was real hard to be a Fonz. Really terrible Fonz, really. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, Mork and, Mindy, Mork and Mindy was a phenomenon in its first season. I think the problem is, um, you know, it started to wear out its welcome because it's another one of those. It's like ALF, where the concept is so catchy, but it does run into a wall. And by season four, it was 60th place. Now, if you're 60th place today, you'll probably be on for another five seasons. But back then, there was mm -hmm. only like 80 TV shows, period, instead of 480, including streaming. <laughs> so Jonathan Winters came into that. That was weird. Yeah, when did, yeah. When did Jonathan Winters join? Because I remember that being a big deal because he was such a well-known name. And the yeah. fact that he was an old baby and he was like Benjamin buttoning it, going down. Yeah, he was He was in at the end of the, end of the run. Looks like, yeah, 20 episodes. He was in an 81. Yeah, he was in the last year. I think there was trying to they were trying to bring in some more star power to try to keep it going. Yeah, it didn't work, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel like every season they kept reconfiguring like the cast and the focus of the show to try to keep it going. Like the first two seasons, they're kind of you know the same thought pattern, but the season three is looks like when they panic, and that's usually when you see a TV show hit its end run. Oh, it's time for them to have a baby because all the other kids are outgrown, or oh, they got to change jobs or locations and. Just trying to, I don't, has it ever worked? I think the only time it ever worked is maybe Cheers, where Diane left and they brought in Rebecca. Yeah. Was, what's the other show that, um, around the Golden Girls, where they, there was another show, like The Neighbors, it took off The yeah. Neighbors. Yeah, well, there was Empty Nest. Empty was a, Nest. Yeah, was Empty Nest was a big spinoff, and uh, I think it even lasted longer than Golden Girls, and then there was Nurses, which is a spinoff of Empty Nest, and Golden Palace. Uh, That's where I was going. Golden Palace is that last season when remember they they put him in a hotel and Cheech came in as the guy helping them run it. Yeah. Yeah. It just I think that's where I was going with that was because I thought there was some kids that took off after the show and I thought yeah it was after Empty Nest. Yeah. I wasn't Golden not Golden Rose, but. Yeah, it's just kind of sad. It's usually when stuff like that happens is when uh, clearly they're at the end of their run. Um, yeah. No, I caught all of this in syndication. I never got to watch it in its initial run. And, um, you know, getting to watch it Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock you know, with back-to-back -back with Mr. Belvedere, I believe. It would mm -hmm. make much more sense if they had put it with, like, my uh, Small Wonder or something like that. But I think Small Wonder was still too new. Small Wonder, by the way, one of the most insane. You think Mork and Mindy's crazy? Small Wonder <laughs> is the most insane TV show 
ever made. There's I, yep. just no rhyme or reason. In every episode, you're just like, oh, did they drop acid before they wrote this episode? This is insane. <laughs> um, Mork and Mindy, um, I just remember we had – that was a phenomenon because there was like toys and comics of it. We even had – do you remember we had Mork? In our living room above the TV cabinet for years. Mm-hmm. And we had mm-hmm. the egg. I think we had the egg. can't remember. Okay, yeah. well, my internet just like stopped working. No! Internet! It's the Mad Max world. It's it when the internet just stops working. Oh, dear God. Oh, what did I do when the internet was out? It was out for two minutes. You killed like your next door <laughs> neighbor trying to use his internet. And uh, we're all running around like, you know, uh, ex-football gear. And it's a waste of land. <laughs> so the other guy, the other guy was going to pull out of... Tom Poston was the other guy I, was, I remembered from. Yeah, I was like Tim. I it? do not remember him being on this show, but of course everybody knows him from Newhart. Yeah, and that's what I was going with. That. I was like, I, those are the two shows I remember him from. I know he's been in probably a lot more than that, but I, it's just I always a, thought he was great. I, I watched, and I, this is no disparaging on Rob Williams at all, rest in peace. Um, but I find Mork exhausting sometimes. It's so much energy, and I and he... At the time, he was using a lot of cocaine, and I just wonder how many episodes were shot where he was buzzing. More than likely. That's the sad part. I mean, yeah. You think about it now. Now that you know, you wish he hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, after he got clean, though, I forget. No, I say that, but I know full and well that his stand-up comedy sometimes was so fast. We used to listen to that 86 special of his so many times. Yeah. And uh, night at the Met. Yeah, it's just so funny seeing the serious side of him later. Um, you see it in uh, The World According to Garp, in The Best of Times. Of course, Dead Poets Society really changed things for him. Well, a Good Morning well, Vietnam probably did. The Dead Poets Society and, um, crap, the Damon one. Um, oh, uh, Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. I thought he was phenomenal in those. Do you but, think people know him more for his comedy or for his drama now? I mean, like, I think it depends on when you were born. Yeah, because... <laughs> really. When I think of him, I don't think of the dramas because I think of him as such a heavy comedian. You know, I think of Aladdin, I think of Mrs. Doubtfire, um, you know, stuff like that. And then I forget, oh yeah, What, what Dreams May Come, Bicentennial Man, Insomnia. He was one of the few he... actors that was able to cross over and stay crossed over. Like Jim Carrey did it for a few movies, but I think people got exhausted of it and want him to go back to the wacky comedy. But I feel like Jim Carrey and Ron Williams are very similar in their personality is being on all the time is exhausting and kind of depressing, and then they have a, a much deeper side to them. Yeah, I was like, yeah, like I said, as far as what it, what they're known for, literally, if you take someone who's born ten years younger than us, they're not going to know what we grew up with, because yeah. because he did get in it and stay in it. Yeah, yeah, he didn't really. I, I think he, he did some comedy specials and stuff like that, and he did. Uh, he did the genie, but he wasn't wasn't him in the movie. You know, I mean. Yeah, I would uh, hate it if he was remembered for like uh, uh, old dogs, or RV, <laughs> license to wed. You know, something like that towards the end when um, it seemed like he was more cashing a paycheck. And, and I shouldn't argue that. Look what I do for a living. Yeah. If someone offered me a bunch of money to just uh, phone it in in a movie, I'd be like, um, <laughs> "What do you think I do every day? I do less than phoning it in. <laughs> I will right. do that." What was the other one? I'm trying to think of it. So, where he was a doctor. No, um, like Patch Adams. Patch Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen that one. Awakenings was good too. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that he did during Mark and Mindy that kind of changed things, I think, was 
able for him to transition was uh, Popeye. And yes, oh, yeah. people say it's not very good and wasn't well received uh, critically, but um, the box office was very good for this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That was the first movie I ever saw in the theaters. I would tell you the first movie that I liked of his that was really more serious was towards the beginning. That was Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. Where you got you got kind of the he still has that kind of comedy or that fast you know on always going type of attitude, but it's definitely a more serious movie. Yeah. And I loved it. But anyway, I can't yeah. even remember what Pam Dauber did after this. I know that she did. There's a long gap between this and my sister, Sam, which ended tragically. And I think she just kind of stepped away after that. She's married to Mark Harmon, I believe. Yes. That something that came out of like, I know her from something, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was looking at Mark the other day for something. I can't remember what it was, but uh, actually, that's funny. Oh, no, that was Carl Reiner. Never mind. I get Carl Reiner and Gary Marshall confused. Well, Gary Marshall was, like, the king of the 70s. He created, uh, um, I think The Odd Couple was his first solo series. And, yes, it's, it's from a Neil Simon Plan movie. But what he did with Oscar and Felix was so much fun. I enjoy the TV show more than the movies. But that gave him the power to do Happy Days. Um, uh, Vernon Shirley... Uh, like I said, more can be. But I feel like there was another show in there that was really popular, Gary Marshall's. But you know, and then he would go on to do movies, and I thought for a second there that he did summer school, and I forgot that wasn't him. That was Carl Reiner, who was also a guy that really you know created a lot of TV shows in the '60s and '70s. Yeah. Gary Marshall, where is it here? Okay, so he did. Uh, wow, Me and the Chimp. What the hell TV show is that? <laughs> Me and the Chimp? Yeah. Oh, no, he really did step away. After doing Happy Days, he stepped away, and then he started doing Young Doctors in Love, The Flamingo Kid, Nothing Common, Overboard, Beaches, Pretty Woman, and, you know, Runaway Bride, tons of movies before he passed away. But I could have swore that he did another show in there. Oh, wow, he did Evil Roy Slade. Have you ever seen that with John Aston? That's a fun movie. I have not. Evil oh, Roy Slade? Yeah, it's a it's a Western comedy where John Astin is like the wickedest, wicked bad guy, but it's so funny. It was Angie as a TV show that he did uh, between Mork and Mindy and Joni Loves Chachi. That's the one I was thinking of. Oh. Um, do you remember that TV show, Angie? I remember Angie, but no, I remember Evil Roy, and I just saw the picture. Of it. Yeah, I know that. That was one of those TV shows that was always on. We strayed so far away from Mork and Mindy, but uh, let's just say this. For me, <laughs> some people are all in on Mork and Mindy. I have to have it in small doses because, to me, he's so wrapped up, and it's 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 too much. It's uh, it's as if you're watching a stand-up special of his constantly, and it's just like... Watching um, it now might be that. I might be that way, but when I was watching this, it was great. Yeah. What, I, uh, I myself was higher energy at that point. <laughs> I, I do like, though, I always enjoyed the summation when he would talk to, um, shoot, I, I get it confused with Third Orson. Rock from the Sun. Or, uh, I thinking, yeah, I was thinking the, the Mighty Big Head, which is from Third Rock from the Sun. Um, but he would, Mighty Big Head? Something like that. I think that's the name. It was, it was like All Mighty Big Head or something like that. It was something ridiculous on Third Rock from the Sun. Wasn't Cork? Cork had... The head. Okay, sorry. Go on. <laughs> uh, but when he would give his, like, almost like the way it was with Masters of the Universe, where he would give you, hey, in today's episode, we learned that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I really like that because it was a more toned down moment where he was trying to be uh, calm and controlled and, and, and learning to be more human. Now I want to ask, yeah, I watch this all the time, but I forget what the premise was. Why did he go to Earth? 
Um, I always thought it was because he was forced to. No, or is it a mission? I'm pretty sure. Sh- oh crap! Now I'm confused with uh, uh, Hard Time on Planet Earth, where he was taught a lesson by going uh, to right. Earth. Um, no, I thought, I'm pretty sure he was on like a scientific mission um, okay. to go to Earth and learn what it's like to be human. Yeah, he's supposed to be like a scout, and he's supposed to come down, and he gets information, and that's why he reports back to Orson um, what he learned about human society, whatever, that episode, because he's basically doing a report. Now, hopefully it's not like Invader Zim, where the plan is eventually to take over the planet. (laughs) (laughs) We sent you to Earth, Mark, so you could give us their weaknesses, and we can take them over. What, what if that's what the what if these started off originally as the spinoff of Mork and Mindy? <laughs> Mork pulls off his face and it's Elizabeth. Like seven degrees of Mork and Mindy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, so he was originally sent to Earth and to take back human with him. So it would have been Richie, because that was the whole point of that episode on Happy Days. And oh right, right. Now yeah. he's just sent to observe. Interesting. Anyway. So yeah, it's funny because that's set in the '60s. So he went back to Orc, and then uh, waited 15, 20 years to come back. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Martian. That was the other one. You said here the take on '60s. It's a take on the sitcom My Favorite Martian. I've never actually watched that. Yeah, one. I've never seen that either. I've never even seen the movie. That's usually anyway. our generation's entry point to old TV shows. Is oh, they did an adaptation of this. So let's check this out. And if you like it, you can go check out old episodes. Right. Well, no, that's not true because our generation is one of the weird generations where it seemed like everything, everything that ever existed in television was available like through Nick at Night or Afternoons on 55. <laughs> Up all night. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. They didn't, they didn't air TV shows. They aired really, really god-awful garbage movies. <laughs> Which started our favorite Friday night movie night. Yep. Friday movie night. night. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the only time I remember them showing a TV show was Parker Lewis. For some reason, they marathon Parker Lewis. But um, no, it's a uh, Nick and Knight launched, I think, in '85, and they aired all the old TV shows from the '50s and '60s. That's where you catch like Dobie Gillis and Mr. Ed and stuff like that. And I think it went up to 1969 is when they would air Laughing, and that's where I saw the Monkeys all the time. But it was always your local station that would syndicate in the afternoons or weekends. And a lot of it was uh, reruns. And I always remember the package that was aired on Fox was always WKRP, um, Mr. Belvedere, Small Wonder, and these would rotate through the years. Uh, Brady Bunch. uh, They never did Happy Days. I think they did Cheers later at night because it was more sophisticated. They aired that with Hill Street Blues. But then after that was always, always after all these sitcoms they packaged up was Little House on the Prairie. I have... The Street Blues theme song Zoe, always sticks in my head. <laughs> what a happy, sad song, right? Right. No, I'm happy. <laughs> well, Cheers is like that too. Cheers is a very kind of like we're drunk and we're sad, but we're together, man, and we can made the world. <laughs> Nobody knows my name except there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, it's we're we're hitting the end of this, but um, I want to do seventy-eight on the next episode. Um, uh, what do you think about doing the Incredible Hulk? Oh, blue. Yeah. 
Yes. We, we won't watch... I'll, I'll give you, like, the pilot episode, and then we'll watch a couple of the reunion movies, um, kind of give you a sense of where the show went. That seems like a fun one, because I was thinking of lumping it in with the other shows that debuted in 78, and I was like, no, nah, I feel like there's a lot to say about The Incredible Hawk. Like, how is it he was able to get a new job every week? <laughs> Do you have any idea how hard it is to get a job now? Thing. He didn't have to fill out any applications. He would just walk up and go, I have a face. I need money. Do you have a job? And they go, yes. You're hired. No background check whatsoever. Thank you, because I'm on the run. I'm a doctor. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it's just constant. Every week he was like working in a department store, washing dishes. Oh, he's a medical assistant. I was like, wow, that would never happen now. An entire season of Incredible Hulk now would be like, oh, God, I got turned down for another job that I applied for on Craigslist. It took me two hours to fill out this <laughs> online application. <laughs> We go on to my manpower job now. Yeah. Um, so ridiculous. The best you get is like week. temp work. <laughs> At best, temp right. work. Not that there's anything wrong with working for manpower. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. It's no, nice no. to have a steady job. No, 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 no Thank you, Ron, for another great episode. It's not a metaphor for anything else. No, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> it never will be. Get it out of your pretty little head. <laughs> all right, check us out on Facebook under Retro Rocket Entertainment. That is our... Now, you know what? Hold on a second. I keep doing this. We made a page for Next Planet Over. I forget it exists it sometimes. It is not a normal fan page. It is a group page where everybody can contribute their favorite memories of... Uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and sometimes action TV shows, and uh, you help moderate it with me, and thank you for being patient while we try to get more episodes going. I have two in the can! Oh, oh my god, it's a miracle! <laughs> hey, that's not our page. No. What? <laughs> what is the Next Planet Over page? We should probably let it's, them know that. No, it's called Next Planet Over. It's just called Next Planet Over. You look it up, it's a sci-fi, fantasy, and horror fan page. Alright. And, and you go up there, and it's a group, and you don't have to, like, See, sometimes I like doing groups because everybody can contribute, whereas if I do a regular page, you have to like it, and you have to follow it, and you don't get to contribute in any way whatsoever. It feels a little more isolated. So, yeah, that. So, please, join. Yes, thank you. Thank you for joining. Thank well, you for listening joined. to this episode. Listen, listen to us <laughs> ramble. It is not a tight, organized show. I don't care, people. No. We're here to have fun. This is us. Stuff. <laughs> um, we're not discussing This Is Us, though, because I heard it's really sad, and I don't want to find out what happens. Okay, that's not the tangent I meant to go on. But no, <laughs> but you, you left the door open, and I kicked it right open with my karate kung fu chef. All right, um, Ron, Ron, we should probably go. Say goodbye to We should kids. probably go. We're going to say goodbye for real this time. Bye-bye. Have a good night.